Welcome to DCAT, the weekly podcast by the Beacon Center of Tennessee. I have a special treat this week because Justin doesn't bully me like Mark does. And Justin is here with me, finally doing his first one, not on video. Yeah, this is like freedom podcast, I right? know. I mean, I mean, you don't have I'm... the structure of the video and the mm-hmm. bell anymore. We've got really embraced libertarianism. I here. didn't even really put on makeup today because we're not doing <laughs> I'm in my pajamas. Great. Yeah, <laughs> you have no idea what's going on over here. Um, okay, so we're going to get into this because we have some great topics today and I'm really excited about these. The first one being coronavirus. Dun, dun, dun. Nasty. So I've been watching CNBC for the past two days because the stock market, I don't know. Hope My hope is that I'm saying it's a correction I don't know, but it we're in the red, like in a bad way. Pretty deep in the red. And, you know, I mean, this kind of thing happens. The market fluctuates based off these types of fears. And, and I do think that it, hopefully it's just a correction. At the very least, I do think it's a little bit of an overhyped situation. I Let's agree. Hope. Okay, well, I am a doomsdayer. And Suzanne and I just went down to Walgreens to try to buy surgical masks because we're terrified. Seriously? And they're sold out. They're wow. sold out. But I did buy some vitamin C gummies. And because I heard on CNBC, the woman said the word pandemic. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, but that has a very definitive meaning, right? It's not just, it doesn't mean everybody's going to die and we're going to turn into zombies. That's probably true. <laughs> but then, even though that's what I'm thinking right now in my brain. I'm like, what is, what's going to happen to all of us? But okay, okay, so. So canceling the Olympics. Do you think that is overhyped? Fine by me. Justin. I'm just kidding. No, I mean, I think, first of all, they're not canceling the Olympics. They're They're saying that, you know, they're going to have to monitor the situation for a few months because you don't want, when you do have a virus that is so contagious, a lot of people in a place together. I mean, I think it's frankly dumb that they like housed all of those people on the cruise ships. And essentially, what I think one of the guys who's from Tennessee, a doctor from East Tennessee, said we're essentially in a floating Petri dish because they're forcing this on us. And I I think that's unfortunate. There have been much better ways, I think, for the Chinese to handle this. I think part of the reason people are scared is because they don't trust what the Chinese are saying about uh, how many people have this, how many people have died, and that kind of thing. But if you look at the whole, at least what we know from countries that are more open about it, the, the you know fatality rate is not nearly that great it's in line with the flu right and most people who have it's sad that they've passed away mm-hmm. but most people are elderly or already sick had cancer and other which things happens too. with the flu and pneumonia exactly. and stuff like that anyway so I, I think definitely just, think it's overblown it's just scary though because this one is so contagious like right. we, Hollywood there's all these movies about like outbreak I remember watching outbreak sure. in the seventh grade and I've been terrified ever since or contagion all these movies that blow up these highly contagious things this isn't as scary as like ebola was and that never made it here and we well, thought corona the beer company changed their name right to ebola extra <laughs> ebola i saw that meme <laughs> just because they didn't amazing. want the bad association with coronavirus <laughs> the fact that you even brought up a meme i saw a meme the other day that was that one with the two spider-mans pointing at each other have you seen like there's like a cartoon yeah you don't know that one but it was two spider-mans pointing at each other and the the caption said when you're either hung over from corona or have the coronavirus and it was like you you i I thought that was great you're either hung over or you're not (laughs) thought that was a really good one okay well speaking of coronavirus you of all people should be scared because you are traveling to Italy, Italy yes. in like two months. No, not that soon. It's the end of May. End of May, okay. So that's still a, a good away. ways away. Yeah. And we do have travel insurance just in case. Um, 
we are going to southern Italy, so Rome, Positano, and Sicily. All of the situation in Italy has been in northern Italy so far, which is, you know, it's being contained. contained. There was one woman in Sicily who had it, but she was from that region and had traveled to Sicily. And I don't think she was even experiencing the symptoms. They just tested her and she tested positive. So fingers crossed, staying optimistic about it. Uh, but, you know, again, I'm not rushing to like cancel our trip and, and plan a different trip. And, you know, we always want to come home with souvenirs. Maybe we'll come home with a coronavirus. Oh, we'll my see. gosh. Don't even joke about that. <laughs> you will not be allowed in this office. If you I won't be allowed back that. in the country, That's probably. True. And for good reason. The reason that we're even talking about this, because I wanted to talk about Justin travels so much. And I was looking at my Southwest flight thing on my phone just the other day. And I've got a lot of trips planned this year. No one travels more than Justin does. Like. You and Kara, tell okay, tell everyone what y'all do. The the new country year, like. So our goal is to hit a new country every year, uh, and we've done that since I think 2013. So, so awesome. and, and occasionally hit a couple of countries, but you know we don't have kids, so this is how we spend our money. Everybody else has to, you know, or Henry keep their kids alive. Uh, we have a dog, and that's <laughs> easy to take care of, and we get to travel and and so spend awesome. a lot of time seeing the world and seeing other cultures, and so. Uh, we are going to Italy. This is our first time back to Italy. That was our first trip to Europe, and we loved it. That's and so awesome. we're taking care of mom as a celebration from beating cancer, speaking yes. of illnesses. That's uh, awesome. So it's going to be very exciting. And you know, hopefully, um, like we jokingly, we won't come back with coronavirus. Right. But, but <laughs> that's our big trip for the year. Crossed. What that's about so yourself? Where are you going? Well, my mom, and we're not sure exactly that we're going to do this yet, but there is talk of, my mom turned 60 this year, so there's talk of going to Bermuda this summer, nice. which would be really fun. I'm going with her to D.C. in a few weeks, or, or I guess a couple months, going with her to Asheville. We're going to go to Scottsdale. We're just kind of bopping all around, and we'll go to Scottsdale to a spa for my 29th birthday, and we're just going to be bopping around a little bit this year. I really want to go back to Paris. I think one view, we were on these, there's these stairs right in front of the Eiffel Tower, and that's like one view that I'll never be able to forget. I'll never be able to get rid of. I, I want to go back there. Where, where, what is your one place? My one, that we haven't been or that we that have? That you have been and that you're like, I would go back there. Um, I would say San Gimignano, Italy, actually, okay. in, the, in Tuscany, this little village, this walled city just outside of Florence was just awesome. It was one of our That's favorite it. places in the world. And I just love the slow paced, laid back environment of Italy. So uh, not too far away from Paris. Not but, too far. You could train. Yeah, to you one could of the hit other. both at one time. That's what I want to do. I, I've been watching Gilmore Girls again, which yeah. is like my go to happy show. And they take a trip backpacking all across Europe the summer after the daughter graduates from high school and that's like my dream trip like that would be cool i would love a bougie hotel and spa and stuff but i would also kind of love to backpack I mean, you're cool staying pretty. in a hostel i could stay in a hostel i think i could do it my mom's gonna freak out when she hears me say that <laughs> <laughs> okay so the next thing we're gonna talk about is um something i'm shocked that we have not talked about rush limbaugh yet yeah it's crazy huh? I, I don't know i guess mark and i haven't brought it up but i grew up listening to rush limbaugh i had one of those little red and yellow fisher price cars and a bumper sticker on it that said rush is right <laughs> i mean my parents like we Went were listening out. to rush we were listening to rush it was so sad to hear the news that he got cancer because even though i don't really listen to him anymore he and i disagree on some things sometimes i think his communication style is a little more combative than i typically am a fan of um he really did like you said justin he really did change talk radio sure well he created talk radio for the yeah. most part i mean you you it, 
it really wasn't a thing until him. And then the force that it became, I mean, that became the medium for change for conservatives. Yes. Uh, if you look at like the 1994 election, mm-hmm. uh, the contract with America, all of that really was driven in large part by talk radio. It absolutely And it was. sustained itself for a long time, even through technology. I was fortunate enough to have a weekly spot with Ralph Bristol when he was mm-hmm. on 99.7. Um in the mornings. And so that was really cool. I have a platform to go talk to, um, you know, your average fellow Tennesseans yes. who want to be plugged in and want to hear what the, you know, that's where people got their news. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a better day than when they get their news from Twitter now. So yeah. I'm foregoing back to talk radio, even if, even though it's in decline for the most part, anything for you to kill Twitter. You're <laughs> like, I'm in. If I can tie anything so to my <laughs> hatred <laughs> of Twitter. I was wondering if you'd be able to bring up hating Twitter in this episode. Cause I didn't really <laughs> give you a lot of space on the topics, but it, it's so true. And they call, people like me, the millennials who grew up listening to Rush in the backseat of our parents' cars, the Rush babies. Yep. And we, and that's just, that's just all I knew. You know, his voice is so familiar to me because we listened to him in the backseat. Even, even now, my mom will call me at the end of the day and said, well, did you hear what Rush said today? I'm like, no, mom, I'm, she's a pharmaceutical rep. She gets to drive around all day and listen to talk radio. I don't get to do that. But she still listens to him every day. And so um, Suzanne was even saying right after Rush got sick and we were talking about this, Suzanne in our office was telling me that when Rush first came on the airwaves, he said things that people were afraid to say about oh, lowering yeah. taxes. No one was going to come out and talk about lowering taxes on the airwaves no one was going to come out and talk about the things that he was talking about these quote radical conservative ideas and he was talking about them and now that's what we do every time the positions of conservatives you know for the true conservatives at least and you know he really did not only influence things but really drove um the you know the direction of the conservative movement in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. like william f buckley did with national review so there's a lot of parallels in different generations and time frames and obviously very different styles Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know for the most part really significant thought leaders yeah definitely different mediums william f buckley was writing and rush limbaugh speaking but absolutely kind of shaping the conservative movement through the media. So um, we wish him the very best in his fight with cancer. And, and speaking of, it, he, we could even attribute him to Kara and I getting married because even this. though we <laughs> went to MTSU at the same time and we're in college together, it was a huge school, 25,000 people, we didn't know each other, but we both went to uh, Radio Row at the 2004 Republican Convention to work uh, on Radio Row with the talk radio host here in town, and we met there. Went to a Yankees game and started hanging out, and now here we're married. So thank you, Rush Limbaugh, yes. for leading to you know my marriage. How Rush, about that? Rush, you got to get better because I'm still single and I need your help. <laughs> <laughs> Rush, you got to pull through, man. <laughs> get, get with the, the program. Way pull through. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about, kind of. Not totally has to do with Rush, but it has to do with um, recording. So you may or may not realize that in Nashville, home businesses are illegal. And Beacon has taken a lot of action on this. We are currently partnered with the Institute for Justice, and we are suing the city of Nashville because one of our good friends, Liz Shaw, got his studio shut down by Metro Codes. Another good friend of ours, Pat Rayner, got her um, hair salon that was operating out of her garage shut down by Metro Codes. And I say hair salon, I mean, she was cutting very few people's hair. A couple hair, people a, a week. Couple, yeah, yes. Um, and 
it doesn't make a whole lot of sense why home businesses are illegal. And I, and I, I was going to say I get the argument. I really don't get it. I've heard the arguments. We don't want traffic on our streets. I mean, what? I mean, you you deliver your thoughts on this, Justin, because I get spun up about yeah, it. Yeah, it's obvious that there should be some restrictions. It's not commercial zones, so you don't want big flashing signs and a lot of traffic of and that kind of thing. But. You know, most cities have those reasonable restrictions. You can see, you know, 10 people a day. You can't have people parked on the street. You have to, you know, can't have any noise. Mm -hmm. So um, that type of thing. But Nashville has the most aggressive or the most restrictive home business law in the country Mm -hmm. where you literally could not have a child come into your home and teach them a piano lesson. So you're a little, um, you know, grandmother wanting to teach piano lessons. You're a criminal. If you do that in Nashville. And the biggest problem with this is that we all know that people have home businesses. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the backbone of our society. Mm-hmm. Apple was started out of a home business. Microsoft was started out of a home business. I mean, people literally start businesses from their garage. I mean, that's about as American as apple pie. Yet it's illegal in Nashville. And rather than uh, police it properly, they've essentially just arbitrarily enforced it where Lidge it was a, his home studio is literally soundproof. That is the nature mm-hmm. of studios, right? So there was no sound issues. There were no parking issues. All of his neighbors were fine with what he was doing. But one guy got mad because he couldn't get a home business license, so he turned him in. And then Lidge was, you know, shut down, essentially. And it's so probably, like, red right now. I'm it, so mad. It's infuriating because that is not the way the law should work. We no. should have a fair law that's applied across the board evenly. And that's what we're trying to do here. So we tried that with our lawsuit I know Lidge and a lot of his allies are working really hard right now to get that changed through the Metro Council. Mm -hmm. Um, And so hopefully we'll start to see some sensibility with with this. Again, we're all for, you know, some limitations on traffic and noise and nuisances and those kinds of things. But outright banning home businesses is preposterous. And that's just not it's not American. Well, it doesn't do anything. You know, we all like you said, we understand. I, I think they were talking about, you know, if home businesses were to be legalized in Nashville, doctors couldn't operate out of their homes, things like that. Right. Like We get that. Like We're not arguing for anarchy, free-for-all, wild, wild west. What we're saying is just reasonable. Just allow people to record music. It's Music City. Allow home studios. Allow, you know, I've, I've gotten my nails done by this woman who operates out Illegal. of her house. <laughs> but <laughs> we've all done it. I mean, come on. <laughs> You're looking at me, right? You're a criminal. (laughs) Well, we all, we we knew that. (laughs) That comes as no surprise to any of us. But it's just, it's silly to to regulate in this way. And so all we're saying is something common sense. Let's do it. Would do a lot better. Um, Any final comments, Justin? I kind of like you more on the show more than Mark. I hope Mark doesn't listen to Yeah, I don't rag you as much. (laughs) I'm not as loud. I talk slower just by being a Southerner, so it's probably easier for people to listen to. Mm -hmm. Our chairman said that he listens to podcasts on that like 1.2 or 1.4, you know, where you speed it up a little. And he said the only podcast he can't do that with is Decaf because Mark talks so fast. Mark talks so freaking fast, of course it is oh my gosh i've done everything i can and i give up i've i've failed at, at all things mark. we even tried speech coaching and that failed so mark if you're listening which he's probably not going to listen to this because he's not on it but <laughs> mark if you're listening <laughs> come on slow it down make it easier for your girl um well thanks for joining me this week justin that was fun thanks for having me on this new format is more relaxing i like it yes no you don't even have to wear your makeup that's right <laughs> thanks for listening guys see you next time